Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast about how comics and pop culture impact life and society, and vice versa. Coming to you from deep in the heart of Texas, I'm Kevin. And from Indiana, I am Sean. Before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, and follow us on social media under the username at CaptionLife. You can also find out more information and past episodes at thecaptionlife.com. Hey, here on the Caption Live podcast, we like to explore all realms of fandom. Uh, you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, we're big fans of comics, obviously. Uh, but uh, what? what? Yeah, uh, but also <laughs> video games and uh, movies. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that we that we like to like dip our toes in. Mm-hmm. But we we haven't really talked about books, books without pictures. And uh, I'm gonna be honest with you the the book that we're gonna talk about today is probably the first one that I've read without pictures. In about five years, um, <laughs> not counting anything for work. Uh, but we we got the chance to read uh, a great new book called Spider-Man's Social Dilemma. And we have the author Preeti Chuber uh, here today to discuss it. She is a children's author, speaker, freelance writer. She has written for Sci-Fi, Book Riot, Polygon, um, and L, among others. In 2022, she made her Marvel Comics debut with Women of Marvel number one with a brand new Black Cat story, which was excellent, BT dubs. Uh, and this year, she will see the release of Spider-Man's Social Dilemma, the first book in an original upper-middle grade Peter Parker trilogy from Marvel Press. You can find her co-hosting the podcast uh, Desi Geek Girls and Tar Valen, uh, or Bust. She's appeared on several panels at the New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, and on screen for the Sci-Fi Network. Honestly, you probably recognize her from uh, one of her several BuzzFeed Look at These Tweets Twitter lists. And she usually spends her time reading a ridiculous amount of young adult, but is also ready to jump into most fandoms at uh, a moment's notice. So welcome to the show, uh, Preeti. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us. So one of the questions we always ask guests that come on our show is your comic book origin story. So we wanted to ask you, was there someone or something that introduced you to comics? And what was it that made you a comic book fan? So comics in general, this is this is a funny story. I'm a child of Indian immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with uh, Archie comics and then these like Indian comics because okay. there was this like shipping thing that happened in like the 60s or something uh-huh. where like all these Archie comics got shipped to India. So like you can get Archie comics like really intensely over in, in India. And so like that was what I grew up with were Archie because mm-hmm. um, my mom brought like all her Archie comics over from India when they when they immigrated here. Uh, and so like comics in general, like that was the origin story. And then for superhero comics, I have an older brother. And so it was like seeing what he was into and like looking at all the bright colors and the pictures and it was all really inviting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that's sort of the comic book origin story. Oh, that's cool. Do you remember the first uh, thing that you read that had you hooked? For for superhero comics? Or, or like, anything. Uh, superhero comics was like the death of Superman, I think, was okay. like lying oh. around. Yeah. And so I remember, re- I didn't even know what was going on. Like, I didn't understand <laughs> any of it. I just was like, this looks really dark and scary and sad, and I'm going to read it. <laughs> That's funny because that's actually one of my favorite ones like growing up and I have a vivid memory of reading that. But for the same reason, because Superman actually dies and right? remember thinking, yeah, it was like really dark. And I think I was like 10 years old. I was like, oh, man, I got to I got to read what happens. Here. And same thing as you. I had no understanding of what happened before then. And nope. so, yeah, it was really odd. And then I saw it at the comic shop just a few months ago and the reprint. I was like, I got to get it. <laughs> 
that's funny. I think I have two different copies of it. I think. Oh yeah. And it's like, uh, it's like one of those like comfort books. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like the, the time that like Superman's death came out in 1991 or 92, like right around the time that I was getting into comics. And of course I've always been big into Superman, but it was a, it was a game changer for me, uh, too. And especially like looking back on like the whole history of it, how um, it kind of popped the balloon of like comics, like speculation and collecting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very, very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm sure that issue got lost so long ago. Like my brother's <laughs> copy. <laughs> Cause I, I think I found it like on the floor in our basement and that's how I picked it up. <laughs> so yeah, the, I'm sure that it's gone. That last issue of that run where Superman dies every Every panel is a whole page mm-hmm. and it's really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we said something we have in common, the, the, the love of Superman, or at least the discovery of Superman when you were, when you were younger, um, you, but you're a self-professed number one fan of Spider-Man. Yes. I love him. <laughs> well, we have to ask you, why is he your favorite? Uh, his fallibility. I think Peter is, and, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man is who I grew up with. And as I love, obviously Miles and and all of these like spider people who are allowed and able to exist now. But Peter is the one when I was like a kid that I was reading and watching, mm-hmm. and um, it's that he makes so many mistakes, but he still gets to be a hero, and he still tries to be a hero as many times as he screws up. It's how hard his life is, and he still tries to be a hero. Like, he is the most relatable and the most, like, look at what, even even despite all of these hardships, you can still do good. Like, that mm-hmm. is what I love so much about him. So you have to be excited that he's getting inducted into the Comic-Con Hall of Fame now this year, right? I didn't even know that. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> like, you heard it know. That's awesome. Good for <laughs> like him. Peter, Way to go, Pete. <laughs> Peter Parker, like specifically, uh, a Spider-Man specifically. So, like the you know how they enter, they induct like characters into the Comic Con Hall of Fame. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that either. But <laughs> well, no, why the hell is it taking it so long to get Spider-Man six, in there? Sixty years. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, Kevin, you should know because remember when we had Michael Uslin on? He talked about okay. how Batman was the first one. It's that same gotcha. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who got but in yeah, before Spider Man? A- Wait, I need to know who, who, who. I mean, Batman. If they haven't been doing it for so long, and like the only people in are like Batman and Superman, like fine, I guess. But that's okay. <laughs> well, I think he's only the fourth character to be okay, inducted. Fine. Yeah, so fine. it's not like yeah, it's not like we had Howard the Duck in there. Yeah, I was like, who, like Namor, like what? <laughs> More like Namor. <laughs> That was low hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, that's a good so, one. So, <laughs> Pretty, were you um, did were you a fan of like the TV show, like the cartoon in the nineties, or yes. was that something that you were a connoisseur of? I well, I was a fan. You have like, I was also like, I don't. My memory is terrible, so like, I don't remember mm-hmm. anything. But <laughs> I did watch it and I enjoyed it, and I revisited it like the height of the panda in like 2020 i was watching it on disney plus i feel like mm-hmm. and i was like this is amazing like this is the most absurd fun <laughs> cartoon i love i love all the spider-man cartoons for the most part mm-hmm. but that one's just such a joy to go back to because i was like i watched this as a kid i'm sure i had no idea what was going on <laughs> I, I wish there was a better like more hd version of it um because that's the only thing that sticks out to me when I watch it now is that um, 
it it just looks uh, it just looks a little old. Do, and blurry. do all those like yeah. butts look really dated to you? There's so <laughs> many butt shots in yeah. that show. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've paid that close attention, so now I'm not going like to watch Venom Spider-Man is not, the same like, way. <laughs> crawling up the wall, and the camera's like underneath him. It's His... <laughs> the angle is unnecessary and incredible. That's maybe that's a maybe that's a J. Jonah Jameson thing. Wasn't that like a quote in the first movie? I want butts. <laughs> <laughs> the quote is actually "Get me pictures of butts." <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> Uh, well, I know we've been talking about Spider-Man for a while, but we want to ask you, do you have like a fun or funny story or connection about you and Spider-Man that maybe you haven't shared with us already? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like uh, one of the funniest things is when they announced Avengers Assembly, which is a series I have with Scholastic. It's like a young reader, sort of like second, third grade. Oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when they announced it, the announcement was like me and Nick Stone because Nick Stone was writing a Shuri uh, middle grade novel and it was mm-hmm. like normal for the first three sentences and then it got to my part and it said Spider-Man super fan <laughs> Preeti Chipper writing it had not because like what? The first book's about Ms. Marvel <laughs> so I was I was out I was like this is amazing like officially in print like this is who I am. <laughs> Spider Man Super Fan. <laughs> Gotta lean into that now, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually love the Avengers Assembly series. Um and I once once I discovered you on Twitter, I bought these for my daughter and she, um I think we're getting super close for her to be able to read them. She's going into the second grade. Oh yeah, uh, perfect. This age. Year. And um also because I want her to love superheroes, which I mean, she does, but she won't like sit and watch stuff. She'll like go to the movies, but she's Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't take a deeper interest in, in anything. And there are some great, um, there are some great female superheroes featured in this book between Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl. And, um, she was, she was, um, she does like Miss Marvel, all, all iterations of Miss Marvel, (laughs) um, because she cosplayed as like the, um, the Warbird version of Miss Marvel, the Comic Con that we went to last weekend, she had a great time, and uh, she looked amazing. So she like she feels empowered when she does that. So uh, I'm really looking forward to give, getting her into these books here in the next uh, couple of months. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you got to start them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's we didn't. True. We when I was when I was her age, I didn't have. Um, I didn't have like, you know, superheroes weren't as popular and, you know, talking about um, talking about like the death of Superman. I'm not going to get too far off track, but um, in the early 90s, after the death of Superman was the first time that they that they started to understand that like trade paperbacks would um, Mm -hmm. would also sell. They could they could get a different corner of the market. Um, And so you you started to have um, books that were put together. You had like the Marvel masterwork series of like all the reprints of, of different um, stories from the sixties around the time that they were celebrating um, their 30th anniversary. So it, when I was her age, I, those, that was kind of a work in development. Now we're almost oversaturated with, um, with all things superhero. But the great thing is, is there's people like you who are, who are making things specifically for, um, 
four kids. And I, I think that's great. I think that introduces the characters like, um, to the, to them. And then as they mature, they can read those, Mm -hmm. those stories that are require a little bit more, um, critical thinking and things like that. So that they, so that they learn to, they learn to love the character while they, while they learn to love to read. Yeah. Um, That's a really nice way of putting it. And, and as, as a junior high teacher, um, I'm a huge advocate for like lifetime literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that I just admitted to <laughs> not having read a book without pictures in about five years. There's no, there's no such thing as like invalid reading, right? Mm-hmm. No, like I, and I will, I will plant my flag on that and stand, stand there until, uh, it's my grave that, you know, graphic novels are novels. Mm-hmm. And they're they should be an important part of of you know what kids get a chance to read. So um, let's talk about your next one. Okay, you've got the you got the big one coming up. The reason why you're here: Spider Man's social dilemma. I'm going to read the description of the book, and then I'm going to ask you if you want to add anything to it. Okay. Um, the book is a first in a three book middle grade novel series by Spider Man's number one fan and hilarious fiction writer Preeti Chibber. Peter Parker has been swinging and flipping. Did you write this? Or did somebody else? I added, it was like a one, two partner move. Flipping his way through New York (laughs) City. That was me. That was my Uh, line. That's (laughs) chef's kiss. Uh, Swinging and flipping his way through New York City as Spider-Man for just a few months and balancing his double life is complicated. He goes to school and tries not to embarrass himself in front of his crush, MJ. He takes photos for the Daily Bugle and tries not to embarrass himself in front of his boss, J. Jonah Jameson. And he fights crime in the evenings and, well... He's kind of always trying not to embarrass himself. Easier said than done when you're a teen with spider powers you're still getting used to. On top of all that, the notorious villain, the Sandman, is acting more strangely than ever. Social media seems to be taking a toll on MJ, and someone keeps trying to steal an artifact that's supposedly powered by alien matter. Which can't be good. Something eerie is going on, and Peter is determined to figure out what it is before things go from weird to dangerous. Told with Pretty Chibber's incomparable voice, which balances wit and charm with teenage earnestness and vulnerability, this series is full of action, adventure, humor, friendship, and of course, heroism. Uh, is that I, pretty I good? I mean, like, you, yeah. you, I like you had good. a hand in writing that. I feel like that's good. That's good. Did it. you write the part about uh, your incomparable voice? I did not. <laughs> like somebody else, somebody Someone else gave else you that compliment. That <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are the compliments I'd hope somebody would say about me. But like, I wouldn't be above saying that about myself. I think they're like, how can we sell this book? (laughs) That is a, it is an interesting way uh, to me that the book is written, that the way you tell the story of a character that's most commonly told in um, like pictures. Mm -hmm. And so it makes, it makes an interesting, it makes for an interesting read the way that you describe literally what we would be seeing uh, in pictures otherwise. Yeah, that was, uh, that was sometimes immensely difficult. Um, You know, there are things that there are questions I had to ask. Like I remember being like, at one point I was writing um, a scene that happens a little later in the book. So I won't get into it, but I had to ask if Sandman had organs. I was like, does he have organs? Does he have like, (laughs) Like, can I reference Guts. that? Yeah. yeah. 
And it <laughs> like they sent me back like an info page from some old encyclopedia. And I was like, this doesn't answer my question, though. Like, does like is, he... is it like a copy scan that they sent yeah, you? It was, it was like a PDF <laughs> of like, a you know, an info sheet. That's and awesome. It was just things that you don't necessarily have to think about unless it's specific to the thing where I just needed mm-hmm. it for like describing what he was going through. I needed to know if he had organs or not. Yeah. Um, or so like writing he? fight scenes. Or, well, you, <laughs> you have to read the book and find out. <laughs> but, you know, that's like, great. If, if, you hadn't, if it hadn't been established before, you're the person that decides, um, like, <laughs> Like on your bio sheet, co-creator of Sandman's organs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, canon it is. You're, you're, you're kind of trying to figure out where these things can fit. And if you're there's somebody reading it to make sure, right? Like this doesn't go against anything we've created. And this is not I asked like about universes because people are asking me about universes. And I was like, I don't know how to answer this. And they're like, just say it's adjacent. <laughs> say it is comics adjacent. Like, <laughs> it's comics adjacent. Yeah. Um. But it, yeah, it was a really uh, interesting puzzle and one that I quite enjoyed trying to figure out how to take something that is so visual and put it on the page, you know, like going through fight scenes, Spidey looks so dynamic and is is mm-hmm. on the page. What's so great about him is he's elastic and he's really fun and he can do all these different things. There are a limited way, like number of ways that you can say shoots a web. There just <laughs> are like, it's just limited in ter- it's a very specific action. And so trying to figure out how to keep the fights as dynamic and as elastic without being able to rely on that wonderful imagery was a fun and challenging exercise at times. Did you did you write down all the ways that he can shoot a web and like like when you used one, you no. crossed it off and then <laughs> circle back to the top. No, <laughs> I was like, what sounds good in this sentence? I used to do things like that when I would like write for school papers and like things like like assignments. But like, don't say it, don't say it this way this time. Change it up and then go back to that later. Yeah. No, it was a lot of sitting at my desk and doing the action and seeing if I could figure out different ways of saying it. <laughs> so you you flipped you flipped I literally your would be way. like okay if I like shoot my arm out like this like what's another way I can say that <laughs> just, now I'm just like visualizing you actually doing that like when you're riding you're like going, oh like, 100% flipping <laughs> her way through like, her apartment <laughs> I was like okay if I'm choking somebody what is what are my hands doing <laughs> and I thought only artists did like reference no way, stuff man. like that <laughs> You'll see plenty of writing when you're trying to figure out the physical, like what people are doing physically in the book. You have to do them to be like, okay, paying attention to every aspect mm-hmm. so you can pull at different words to use. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is a good thing that you have a vivid imagination so that you can describe it for people who may, yeah. not, yeah. may not otherwise be able to imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to get the um, the silly string like Spider-Man. Oh, I have. Uh, I have the, oh, my gosh. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> My my son loves having those, by the way. And within like first fifteen minutes of him getting it, we're just like we, we gotta we can't regret. Yeah, regret. you can't. <laughs> it got when, all over the place, and we're just like, yeah, this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, my, when my son had that when he was younger, um, we like he would spray it, and it got left on the walls. Yeah. And like it dries and does weird <laughs> things when it does that. Mm-hmm. So my wife wasn't like super thrilled Not about the, the web shooters. <laughs> yeah. We're we're grounded. We're grounded from silly string to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
well, this this book was written for middle school age audiences, and instead of a comic book, it's a novel form, like we've been talking about. So we want to ask um, why you wanted to write this for this particular audience, and why a novel instead of a comic book? So Disney actually approached me about doing it. Um, okay. They were like, "Would after I did uh, Peter and Ned's Ultimate Travel Journal for the mm-hmm. Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. um, my editor reached out to me maybe like a few months after I turned that book in and was like, would you want to write an original Spider-Man story? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Pardon? Me? Yes. Okay, yes. Um, and so it was never, being a comic was like kind of never in the conversation uh, because I was doing it through Marvel Press, not through Marvel Comics New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did go through like many, many iterations of what the story was. I think we couldn't settle on something. And then I ran, I was at Comic-Con 2019 in San Diego and mm-hmm. I was at some like event and I ran into uh, one of the licensing guys from Marvel and he's like, oh, you're working on maybe doing this thing, aren't you? And I just like cold pitched him an idea where I was like, what if it was a Peter Parker, Mary Jane rom-com? Doesn't that sound <laughs> wonderful? <laughs> He was like, that does. <laughs> and that's literally like, then it, from there on, I was able to like get it in a place where it could actually be approved at some point and signed <laughs> into like actual contract. So, um, so when you came up with the, like the story, like how much of the story were you able to like to come up with and how much was their involvement in terms of like what you could and. Oh, the, do? so the story is hundred percent me. Like I. Awesome. It was hundred percent like my idea. I wrote many, many, many pitches um, <laughs> and they would come back and be like, this doesn't work. This does work. We like this part. We don't like this part. And so it was just mm-hmm. sort of like coming up. I, I can't even tell you. I was like, okay, you don't like this. How about this? And it was just <laughs> going back and forth, but all of the idea iteration was me. Awesome. Um, my editor uh, at the time, Emily Jillen was amazing. Cause we would have phone calls and I would like, be like, this part isn't working, but this is kind of what I'm thinking. And so it was a lot of like back and forth in that way of like making sure we had the perfect pitch so that it could get approved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, absolutely fully by idea, which is awesome. bananas. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. I love, I love hearing um, that. I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask specifically about um, New York city because New York city plays such an important role to all Spider-Man stories. Mm-hmm. Uh did do you know did you know the city well enough to write about it in such detail or did you have to uh, like do research I lived in New York for a little over a decade okay. and so a lot of it is coming from like that station where Peter is on 53rd going down mm-hmm. that like very long uh escalator and the, mm-hmm. the staircase there is one that I used to have to go when I was like going to work and I hated it because inevitably the like escalator would break and you have to walk up so far and I get to the top and be like, (gasps) you're like sweaty and disgusting. And I was like, man, I'm going to talk so much crap about this station. I'm going to put in this book. But there's the, there's the other fear where you're like, you know, New Yorkers, um, especially transplant New Yorkers, I feel like are very big on commuting and talking about commuting because it is Mm -hmm. like, you're like, oh, yeah, you take this train to this train to this train that I mm-hmm. I wrote it. I wrote this book. Maybe about a year after I moved out of New York, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I mess up, I'm going to get roasted so hard. Yeah. Like if I put like in a, in a below ground train above ground or like something like that. And one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the copy editors caught. I made a mistake where I had an, a train that does not go above ground going above ground. And the copy editor flagged it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> wow. That's some deep knowledge there. Got your New Yorker card removed. Yeah, I revoked. know. <laughs> I well, was you like can, mortified. You can always do what what uh, my son did to learn New York City better, and that was to just play the Spider-Man, play Spider-Man game. I, it's yeah. remarkable. It is truly yeah. like I because that game came out when I was still living in New York, and there is a building. I used to work at Scholastic, and there's a building on Prince Street and Broadway in that game. That like lo- almost looks like the Scholastic building. It's no awesome. Kidding. <laughs> I've seen people like like play the game and like take pictures uh, like out their window and take pic- like have screenshots mm-hmm. of Spider Man mm-hmm. sitting where that perspective would be. It's, and it's amazing. It's insane. It really, oh, yeah. really, it's very, very impressive. Well, and we've heard that people have learned how to get around New York because of that game too. Like they played wow. it so often. That they could actually figure out like where to go around New York because of that, which I, I mean, like, it's going to take them longer because I get that it's like heavily truncated version of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least like, like what? they I know this is ten minutes. Like no, man, it's an hour. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Right? Yeah, you don't get the you don't you don't have the ability to um, swing through and get from <laughs> one side of town to the other like that. You've exactly. got to take the subway or, you know, hail a, hail a cab or whatnot. Cab, yeah. I, I've only been there uh, one time. I spent a week there actually 10 years ago uh, this summer. My brother was stationed in Long Island. Um, uh, he's a U.S. Marine and he was stationed there for two years. Um, but I, I coming from like a rural area, like I really like the grid system for the streets and everything and found it very easy to like mm-hmm. uh, figure out where things were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, like I. People here are like, what do you want to go to New York City for? Because uh, it's awesome. I ain't got nothing up awesome. there we don't have here. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not intimidating to me. It's like, it's actually cool. They have culture and museums and Spider-Man. <laughs> we ran into like Spider-Man three times while we were there. I oh, mean, sure. it's it's it was fun getting to choose like things that I wanted to um, put in there that don't usually get like the the focus. Like I was like, I'm going to put the Museum of the Moving Image in here because I love the Museum of the Moving Image. It's like mm-hmm. a wonderful experience and like some of my favorite. Like I I loved going there like when I when I lived there. And so I was like, I'm going to put this in there. Like, why not? Like, let's yeah. put in these like sort of lesser celebrated and in like kid lit yeah. spots. <laughs> Well, and I love that as well, too, because then you get to hear more about what a place offers more than like what you see in the movies or hear about mm-hmm. the, you know, nationally anyway. So, so, you know, putting that museum moving image in there is just a, I, I love that part. I love that it was in that instead of one of the big ones that you hear all the time, you know. So now, yeah. you know, kids can yeah. be like, oh, what is that? Then you can, they can visit the website and maybe there's a virtual, you know, tour on there mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's, so, yeah. And it's more authentic than, let's say, some movies where you're like, oh, New York's really cool and beautiful, but it's Vancouver. <laughs> And so, yeah, like you got to. Wow, this looks a lot like Canada. Yeah, you got to make it. You know, you can tell they shot it in in um, Canada if you're walking down the street and the people are being nice to each other. Oh no, New Yorkers no, are great. That's yeah. That's we just that's have a places stereotype. to be. Now nobody was ever mean. To, nobody was ever mean to me in New York. So no. I actually. My, I have a different brother that actually lives in uh, lives in Queens now. I think no, 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 no. He lives up in like near Washington Heights. 
mm. because he works he works at a hospital there. So, mm-hmm. so in your book, do you have some Easter eggs in there? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask a little bit about, I guess, that whole process. If you had Easter eggs, you've always planned from the beginning, or if it came up organically. Um, and just kind of want to, you know, get a little bit of insight of, you know, how did you decide these Easter eggs and and um, just tell us a little bit more about that whole process. And and maybe like, you know, what we can, like I read it, so I know what's in there. And, I know. I was and, like, I know I put Easter eggs in there. I don't remember what, don't they, remember were. what they are. I was like, I know there's one in I have um, the third Avengers Assembly book is coming out in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, Busy lady. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, when I quit my job, I said yes to everything. Um, right. But it, I reread the manuscript recently for that, for because I was trying to find something, and there's an Easter egg in that one that I love because it's from uh, Robbie Thompson's Spidey vo- series that came out mm-hmm. in like 2014, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite favorite Spider-Man books, uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man runs. And it's when he meets Captain America and he like mm. is the most awkward. <laughs> so I reference that meeting of Captain America in the third Avengers assembly book. Cause I love it so much. It's one of my favorite Peter Parker moments. <laughs> um, can I, can I share mine? Like my, uh, with you, mm-hmm. the, the one that I love the most. So there's a, there's a scene. I don't, I guess it's his password. Yeah. Like Peter's computer password oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is yes. Roman numerals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh man, she's my people. Because as, <laughs> as somebody who is a history teacher with a deep love and understanding of like how Roman numerals work, um, and then also like knowing what that number represented, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so good. Like, <laughs> that took me a few tries because I kept getting it wrong. <laughs> you have to like triple check. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. kept putting the X in the wrong place or something. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I know what I want this to be. <laughs> Google Google needs a Roman numer- numeral translator. <laughs> like if you type in uh, like a, a date, they can give you the Roman numerals. Or if you type in the Roman numeral, they give you the, the number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there is something out there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like a lot of executives at Google like um, listen to our podcast. So they'll probably that'll probably be something that happens very, very soon. And like <laughs> yeah. all the other good it's ideas on become a, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's on their vision board. Yeah. Um, but like all the other good ideas I come up with on this show, we probably won't get credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I have to share, Preeti, that I thought when I was reading the book, I thought there was another cameo uh, Easter egg of somebody in there. At least it was kind of going that direction. But then it turns out it was like somebody else. But you describe somebody that is very well known in Marvel. It sound like that person. And so I didn't know that that was like You're a gonna nod have to, to tell that me person. after because I don't remember. That's totally fine. Yeah. So but yeah, it's just like, it, but, you know, I think it just says something about the fact that how this book is something that any fan of Spider-Man, whether, you know, you're a, a huge, you know, lifelong fan of Spider-Man or if you're like the most casual fan, I think everybody will have, you know, fun reading it because there's just a lot of little things in there that a lot of people can appreciate. Um, because again, this is, you know, a young adult, you know, rom-com type of novel that a huge audience will enjoy. But then, you know, there's just, I feel like there's a little bit of everything that anyone can enjoy with this. And, and I love just like being able to, you know, enjoy the story, but also pick up like the Easter eggs and just kind of wondering like, oh, I wonder if this is, you know, alluding to something else as well too. So I really love that because I feel like, there's not a whole lot of moments, you know, outside of like some genres, like, you know, movies and stuff like that, that you get to 
you know, be able to kind of see where, where that goes down that rabbit hole. And I think this story does a great job of doing that. So. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I do remember like when I, I wrote the manuscript, like all the years are blurring together, but I wrote the manuscript in early 2021. I think mm-hmm. I, I like, I wrote it like February, March of 2021, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a minute since I was in that sort of like prep stage and like really living in the document, but I love Spider-Man and I pre and this is clearly building on all of those iterations that came before. And so I'm pulling from like a really long tradition of storytelling around Spider-Man. And I wanted to bring forward like the things I love about him mm-hmm. because obviously every creator treats him differently. Um, and so that sort of, what you're going to get from me is that Peter who like doesn't have it together and who is trying really hard and is messing up and is just like, doesn't feel comfortable like in him, in his skin yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so you're going to see vestiges of like kind of that storytelling and you'll be able to point to like pieces that you've read before in the comics, I hope. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. And and some kid is going to discover what Easter eggs are um, <laughs> through your through your book. They're going to like stop at that scene where he's putting his password in. He's like, wait, what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? And he's going to go look it up and then he's going to see what it what it means. And, and he's going to be like, wait a second. What is the significance of this number? And then he's going to look that up and he's going to be like, she did that on purpose. <laughs> and it's going to be glorious. We're going to yes. have one more nerd in the fold. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and you've mentioned it a couple of times. This isn't the first time that you've written a novel uh, for a, a popular comic book character. You've written the Avengers assembly and you've written for star Wars. And you've also wrote um, the far from home tie in that you mentioned earlier, the travel journal. So when it comes to writing um, these novels based on comic book characters, what is the what is the maybe the most exciting or the most challenging aspect of it? I think the most exciting is kind of what you mentioned earlier of getting to kind of be a small part of this character's history and, you know, living in the in-betweens like um, something about Star Wars, which is really fun that I'm very excited by is that, you know, the beginning and you know, the end. And what's really fun is finding pockets where you can do something exciting and emotional and something that will like impact readers, even though they know the beginning and the end. Right. And so getting to like tell a new story for Peter Parker, that is, you know, canon in the way that it is officially Marvel. And this is a part of his story now. Like when they talk about Peter Parker and they talk about the people who created him and the people who created stories for him, like mine is in there. And that's something I haven't quite wrapped my head around. Mm-hmm. Right. I was born on the same day as Jack Kirby. So I share that in common. And, that's and awesome. You, and you wrote, you wrote spider you get to write spider-man so <laughs> you've got like a deep a much deeper connection than i, I, I feel like you me jack kirby and that handshake meme yeah. <laughs> yeah. is um is there a character that you haven't worked on that you hoped you get to write on in the future I would love to write dick grayson oh man that's like, awesome just writing nightwing would be so fun like yeah. i'm no, hold on, hold on. I think you only want to write characters where their butt is going to be no. like featured. Because that's the other thing. Listen, the- listen, he's very, it's fun because I do think he's, um, he and Spider-Man have a lot of similarities. Obviously, oh, yeah, like sure. they're, they're quippy, they're funny, they're, they're so full of heart. 
But mm-hmm. Dick Grayson has a confidence to him that Peter does not, right? Like Dick mm-hmm. Grayson has like this layer of like knowing who he is and his his angst comes from other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he would be really fun to write. I would love to say that I like, I feel like Tim Drake would also be great, but he would be harder. Like I right. think he would be really, really difficult to write. Mm-hmm. But man, I would love to write the Bat Boys. Like they're so cute. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> so we we met, I mentioned this at the top of the of the show, and I'm going to call back to it now about uh, loving Young Justice. Um, season two, <laughs> season two, and beyond. Um, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, um, is my, my favorite version of that <laughs> character. Like, he, yes, he's very good. Um, I'm a sucker for Tom Taylor's Nightwing. Like, I just am. Mm-hmm, I think he, mm-hmm. I really, I'm really, really loving the current run. But mm-hmm. Young Justice is like, I hate that people sleep on it. I think it's some <laughs> of the best superhero storytelling. I think it's some of the best TV writing. Like, their season two is so good. Season mm-hmm. three is so good. Like, I can't, I'm just like, everyone should be watching the show. If you like, if you're interested in ser- like serialized storytelling, if you're interested in character work, if you're interested in how to like through line grief in really interesting ways, I feel like just watch it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Sean doesn't know what we're talking about right now because he's an outsider when it comes to this. No, but not um, an outsider. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh I've encouraged him to like go back and watch seasons 1 and 2 uh again uh, to to check it out. But like what you're mentioning, so I will, I will say um I will say this about the the first season. Uh what you said about uh the storytelling about serial serialized storytelling. I don't know that I've ever watched a TV show that did um like building up to something better than they did yeah. in, in the second half of the first season. Um, all the twists and turns to have the, like the big reveal and everything. And for it to be so, so like satisfying at the end was just amazing. But like, then I'm also getting goosebumps, right. like literally getting goosebumps thinking about it. But then the emotional toll that the end of the second season takes oh. place because of the death of a, of a key character. I'm still not okay. No, I'm, I'll never be okay. Right? It's just, it's just not fair. And then you pulled that through line though into season three. Like I'm watching it with a friend right now who's never seen it, and we're we we do our like Saturday morning cartoon days, and it's so funny because he was. I was like, we have, we cannot not like stop at season two. Like we have to. You're not going to be able to stop. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, when are we? When are we? When are we going? Like when mm-hmm. is the next time that we're going to be watching this? Because we just finished season two. Yeah, you you've got to you've got to you've got to keep going for yourself because because yeah. <laughs> if you stop right there, it's Oof, like it's it's a, it's a heartbreaker. Yeah, um, man, we I listen. If you ever want to like start a podcast where you just like <laughs> we talk about each episode like they do those like famous Office and Scrubs podcasts, I will gladly <laughs> I will gladly join Noted. you on that because um, I because I love it. And it was I tell you what, it's one of the things that like when my wife and I were. Um, where early in our marriage and our son who's 13 now was a, a little kid, like, you know, three, four years old when the, the show first came out, it was like Saturday morning appointment television where we would get up, we would eat breakfast and then we would watch young justice on cartoon network. And we would watch the green lantern um, series, which is also uh, superb. 
Um, and my, that was one of the things that helped get my wife into superheroes and, and comics. And it was because of the emotion. Um, well, in, yeah. In and then shows. they canceled it because they said, yeah. because it was girls liked it too much. Like they canceled it. And it is because of, it has highly emotive, uh, I, I'm not saying there's a correlation, but that is, I think the subtext of what they mm-hmm. were saying also is that that highly emotive storytelling, we even though more, it was doing well, we need more action and, and less right. angst. Yeah. I, I, I actually I have like, like to cry. Just let me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but before we let you go, pretty, thank you so much for sharing the love of young justice with me, Sean. I'm sorry. You <laughs> didn't even it. have to do anything for this. Like, I don't know why minutes. you think I haven't seen it, but you, you had, you said that you, you reviewed season three for something like and, a long time ago. Yeah. But did you, did you go back and watch it? I watched a few. Yeah. I've gotten to watch all of it, but you need to go down the rabbit hole. Just it just didn't appeal to in. me. I will say this. Dick Grayson's going to show up in Harley Quinn season three though. So yeah. Voiced by Harvey. Good. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like losing my mind. Yeah. Uh, who's he voiced by Harvey Guillen, uh, Guillen from uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We love to see it. Yeah. I've watched the first seven episodes of um, Harley Quinn um, only because I can only watch them when there's nobody else around. Right. They're so good. <laughs> but before Very we excited. let you go, Preeti, we we're going to we're going to play a game with you. We're, we're uh, I wouldn't say that we're famous for playing games with our guests, but it's one of the things we like to do. Um, and so we're going to play a little game called Name That Goon. Uh, where I'm going to describe different Spider-Man characters. I'm going to pit you against Sean. I'm going to be bad at this. And I'm going to tell you too. something Don't about worry. him. And I'm going to let you guess. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The the first the first key fact that I give you, then it means that you can get uh, four points. Okay. If we get down to the last fact, you only get one point. But you will get you will get first guess. Um, and you don't have to guess after the... Um, you don't have to guess after the first one. I can go ahead and read the second one okay. to you. And but if you do guess and you get it wrong, Sean can steal and vice versa. Okay. So name that goon. All right. Uh, this first character was uh-huh. uh, debuted in nope. Spider-Man number six from November of 1963. Chameleon. That is incorrect. I don't know. This is okay, this so is what say that again. He he first introduced <laughs> in uh, Spider-Man number six. Oh, 19- shoot, I do know this one. <laughs> November 1963. Do you want to change your answer? I didn't hear final answer. But now I might be wrong. You told her still. no, though. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go no. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'll give you one more rules. clue, okay? He was a scientist researching genetics. Oh, it's Kurt Connors. Okay. <laughs> also known as? Oh, my God. It's I, a very I, I'm thinking name. of Waylon Jones. I know, but I'm thinking of Killer Croc, which is wrong because it's the wrong, the wrong angry wrong reptile. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need his his uh, villain name. Lizard. Lizard. The lizard. Yes. yes. Very good. Like, so clue number shoot. three was he has regeneration <laughs> abilities along with superhuman strength, and his real name is Doctor Kirk Connors. You would have gotten it no matter what, but very good. So you're on the board with uh, three points. I'm so bad at remembering things. Oh no! Don't worry about it. Okay, here we go, Sean. Mm-hmm. This character first appeared in Spider-Man number three in July of 1963. You'd have to really know your spider books. I don't know it by date. Okay, I'll give you another another hint. Okay. Uh, he was an inventor uh, looking for 
uh, a way to make money in the criminal enterprise. An inventor can make. He has the ability to fly and has advanced. Oh, Vulture. Strength. Vulture is correct. The yes. fourth clue would have been his name is Adrian Toomes. Yeah. So Vulture is correct. Sean, you're on the board with two <laughs> points. Way to go, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it close. All right, here it goes. Oh, only one of these is fairly obscure, so um, whoever that falls to, <laughs> my apologies in advance. Uh, Reedy, this, uh, this character uh, first appeared in number 46 in March of 67. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> Any dates okay. or any issues? Did that's Madden fine. write that's, these questions? Is that that's why? That's why that's the first one. Because if you knew that, it would really, really show your uh, deep love for uh, Spider-Man. No, it'll show uh, my sec- ability to remember dates. Yeah, <laughs> or just somebody that's really anal about timelines. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Second clue is he is uh, a small-time crook, not like a mastermind. He's a small-time crook. Small-time crook. Third clue. His real name is Herman Schultz. Oh, crap. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the fourth clue. (laughs) Fourth clue. He built a battle suit with vibroshock gauntlets. Oh, is it Tinker? No, that is incorrect. Dang. With with vibroshock what? Gauntlets. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Dang it. Is that Shocker? That is shocker. Sean steals that one for one point, and the I'm game is tied. <laughs> shocker. Okay, Sean. And it, we better get Kangaroo Man as an answer. <laughs> no, I thought about it. He was one of the people that was further down the list. Um, but that's not that's not happening. Okay, Sean. I'm gonna put mm-hmm. this out there. Uh, okay. You're not gonna know it, but it's fine. He first <laughs> appeared in in Spider-Man number three sixty one in April of nineteen ninety two. Wait, wait, oh, issue sixty one, nineteen ninety two, three sixty one, three sixty one, April nineteen ninety two. Hmm. Trying to remember who. What's the next one? Uh, he is his. Alter ego, his life outside of being a villain was that he was a serial killer. <laughs> you know this one. It, it's not a um, carnage, is it? It is carnage. It has is to it? be Sean? carnage. Okay, there I thought carnage Sean. came out a little bit earlier than ninety two, though. Cassidy. Yes. So the other clues were he's a shapeshifter who can create weapons with his body, and his real name is Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. Okay. For some so, reason I thought carnage came out earlier, but maybe I'm just confusing that with venom. Venom came out in 300, so like a few years earlier. Okay. Yeah, I just thought they were earlier for some reason. Like earlier than 92, so. Carnage is like the most early 90s. Yeah. (laughs) With all the other weird ones that came out, it's very culturally. This one's the fairly obscure one, this next one. Oh, God. Um, First appeared in issue number 124 in September of 1974. I don't know. His occupation, his occupation outside of Spider-Man villain was he was an astronaut, or oh. at least a former astronaut. No, that's not. <laughs> no, that's not the answer. 
I okay. need another one. I'm not going to know this. <laughs> he was exposed to the Godstone and becomes a werewolf. <laughs> and his real name is John Jameson. I thought it was John Jameson, but I can't remember what he is. I can't remember what the what the bad guy name is. <laughs> John Jameson is the only astronaut I could think of in oh, yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> I'll give you one point for knowing that it was John Jameson, but you you can get two points if you can tell me what the ba- what, what his actual name is. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what his villain name is because I hate that storyline. <laughs> Sean, do you know? Wolfman. I know, right? <laughs> Sean, you are fairly close. It is actually Man Wolf. It's the, <laughs> it was like the Wolf Boy. <laughs> it, I, I'm guessing that Wolfman at the time was probably uh, under copyrighted. Like, copyright. <laughs> yeah. So Man Wolf is what it what it went to. Yeah. So uh, the score is uh, six to four, Sean. And Sean, this next one is is yours. Okay. Okay. Uh, first appeared in Spider Man number twenty in January of nineteen sixty five. Okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> he before he was a villain, he was a private investigator. Oh. And like he worked as a as like a like a. Private investigator is a real shady, um, yeah. like way to describe something. What's the next clue? Uh, he underwent a test that made him stronger than Spider-Man at the cost of his sanity. I get the feeling like Preeti knows this. No, we'll see. All right, what's the last one? His real name is Max Gargan. Oh. I do know this. I'm going. I'm probably going to kick myself once you say it. it's not. It's not coming to me right now. Pretty but good chances. Scorpion. It is scorpion. Oh, yeah. I don't know scorpion that well. That makes sense. Scorpion. Yeah. I I couldn't give too many more details about that one because like it's a dead giveaway. Like he's yeah. got a a mechanical suit that makes him look <laughs> like a scorpion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and interesting enough, his scorpion suit like evolved over time because at first it was just like a club on the end of the tail and then. Mm-hmm. He kept getting upgrades for um, for the tail. He could shoot mm. lasers out of it and, and venom and stuff at different times. All right. right. Uh, we do an odd number of these on purpose so that uh, somebody has a chance to win. Pretty, you are behind by one point, so you need at least oh, God. two to get this. Um, <laughs> you may not get this, though. <laughs> so this character uh, was introduced in Spider-Man number one in March of 1963. Is it? He, is it? Go ahead. Mm, I don't want to say it because what if I'm wrong? Don't say it because then you then Sean can't steal it. Uh, he was a small time crook, so he's not a mastermind. He's small time crook. Then it's not who I was thinking of. I okay. Like, I've read his, this issue, but I don't remember. His real name is Dmitry Anatoly Nikolaevich Shmurdov. Sermurdovkov. He has a very long Russian last name. I know. <laughs> I know that. I know I know this, but I don't. I don't, I don't remember. Okay, I have a tiebreaker ever. question. I'll give you the last clue. If you get this, we go to a tiebreaker question. Okay. The fourth clue for one point to tie the game is he is a master of disguise. I was going to say Mysterio. <laughs> is it Mysterio? Oh, you're incorrect. It's not no, Mysterio. Who is it? It's not Mysterio. Is it Chameleon? It is chameleon. <laughs> Did I ruin this game? I'm sorry. No, you're good. 
Oh, I know. I did a tiebreaker. You tied it. Okay, so I here's the tiebreaker question. It was Mysterio or Chameleon in the first issue, but I knew Chameleon was early. I just, yeah, oh. mm-hmm. Chameleon was in the first issue. So here's the thing. Dang this is it. the tiebreaker question. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you first, uh, Preeti, and then I'm gonna let Sean go after that. I'm there so are six members this. who are the original oh okay. Sinister Six. Yes. <laughs> you are, you stay in the game as long as you can name one. Okay, okay, so you get the it's you get first crack at it. Otto, it's Doc Ock. Doc Ock is correct, Sean. Um, sorry, I'm spacing out. Um, uh, Vulture. That is correct. Electro. That is correct. Uh, Green Goblin. That is incorrect. The oh, Spider-Man number one fan champion is Miss Pretty Chibber. Who are the other ones? So it's um, Electro, Mysterio, Doc Ock, Vulture, Sandman, and Craven. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I think mm. I think it's Sony's fault that like we associate like Green Goblin with like the the top of the food chain of um, Spider-Man villains because he's well, been he's, featured in them. No, the I, th- I thought he, he was part he is, of it. He's top of the food chain, but oh. he's not. He doesn't need a team. He doesn't yeah. play well with others. Yeah. Right. Well, and he wasn't, but, I mean, he there's wasn't always, there. Then. But there, I mean, like, there's always characters who don't use on a team that doesn't play well with others, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> well, and so the, the Sinister Six was introduced in the first um, Spider-Man annual. Mm-hmm. And so all of these characters, if I'm not mistaken, Craven was the last that showed up on his own. And that was in Spider-Man number 15. Right. So never everybody else was anything. there at the very beginning, including the villain featured in, in uh, your book, Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandman. So, mm-hmm. and I cosplayed as Sandman last week, and I just didn't have like sand fists and stuff yet because my <laughs> my suit isn't finished. So. <laughs> uh, so, so you win that one, pretty. You are the number one Spider-Man fan. And like, if we do a game that's like plot point based, I could do that. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, that thing happened. <laughs> like, like, um, like who who did who did Spider-Man defeat at the like, like in you know the story as well. In yeah. the year nineteen, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna <laughs> say issue like numbers. Who, who, <laughs> like who was Spider Man talking? Oh no, that's too sad. Never mind. That's I made myself sad. <laughs> like, remember when Spider Man did his whole monologue talking to Gwen Stacy in Spider Man Blue? <laughs> yeah we we don't i don't want to go too dark also i had to throw that together a little bit last minute so um i apologize to everybody that had to like endure those dates but like it's the first clue it's got to be hard on the first clue so um you well can... there's a difference between making it hard and making it obscure but Spider-Man's a Spider-Man's a really famous character and all of his has, has of a his, long history. You expecting somebody to be able to know which character showed up in a specific issue and year? I will um, say I the gar- only thing is Chameleon. I do always be remember being surprised by how fast Chameleon shows up, mm-hmm. but I never remember it's the first issue because I'm like they wouldn't put Chameleon in the first <laughs> issue. I'm just I'm just but saying, Sean. There's probably somebody listening to that who knew every single one of them oh, off of sure. the first thing I said. So again, obscure though, not for the common person <laughs> or the or the casual fan. You know, <laughs> you know what the casual fan will enjoy. Spider-Man social dilemma. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and so we will we will put an end to it uh, on that. Before we let you go, uh, Preeti, would you please uh, let everybody know where they can find you online and, and find your work? 
Yes, you can find me on all of social media far too often at Run With Skizzers. That's S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. Um, you can find my books at PreetheTrevor.com. I'm going to do a quick plug for if you buy it from Little Shop of Stories, if you buy Spider-Man Social Dilemma from Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Georgia, I will sign the book for you. And we'll have the link in the episode notes as well, too. All right. Well, thank you once again for joining us. This has been a lively conversation and uh, we wish you all the best with the release of the book and everything that's coming down the road. Uh, maybe when maybe when the next couple come out, we can have you back on to talk more about Spider-Man. Yes. And that is going to wrap up another episode of The Caption Life. We hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you listen to us on. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Caption Life. If you like what we're doing, give us a shout out. Tag us in your post. For more info about us and all of our previous episodes, please visit thecaptionlife.com. Until next time, go flip through the city, guys. <laughs>